Business class listeners, opening this episode is new artist Brooke Alex. I might burn a bridge or two, thinking that you're cute. Cause now I'm wanting things I can't have, it all happened so fast. Up-and-coming artist out of Nashville, I believe. Kind of has that teenage girl empowerment feel to it, no? Taylor Swift-ish. Not my particular cup of tea, but certainly if you are a female listening to this episode or if you have a daughter, maybe that would be of interest to her. That's Brooke Alex. I will link her Spotify page. She has about, what was it? Uh, she has like, yeah, she has 65,000 listeners on Spotify. So she obviously has attracted some audience there. And you know what? In honor of Brooke Alex, I'm going to dedicate this particular episode to my female business class listeners. Thanks for tuning into Wisco Weekly. This is the month end episode here. And my, what a terrible month this was. Why, you ask? Well, the last week of this month was just god-awful for the stock market. Ladies, do you invest? You should be investing. You could, if you're new to investing, you should consider putting some money into a mutual fund and getting a little bit of return on your money. I've been investing for probably about 20 years now. I've been way more active over the last year. You could, in a sense, call me one of these retail traders. And I wouldn't go as far as to say these Reddit bros, as uh, they're popular known, from the GameStop scenario that, that occurred a few weeks ago. But I definitely trade, not really daily, but I, I monitor the market daily. And so, ladies, if you don't invest now, you should consider investing. Put put aside $1,000 and let your money grow. If you can do more than that, 5000 As my father once told me, better for your money to work hard for you than you work hard for your money. No? So the market this past week was god-awful. I personally experienced the worst loss that I could recall ever. Now, I may, I may justify that and say, well, the only reason why, Dennis, you lost as much money as you did is probably because you also made a lot of money. And hey, I'll tell you what, that's, that's a nice positive spin you could put on that. But still, it still hurts. It still hurts. One of the things that it seems the trend of a lot of new retail investors and maybe not even just retail investors, perhaps the Gen Z influence on today's culture is the level of transparency into your personal life. 
And so one of the things that I always see with a lot of new traders is they like to disclose all their financial information for all to see. And I feel like I, I got to do that too. You know, one of, one of the guys I like uh, to follow and, and to hear what he thinks and only because he, he has a great work ethic. I really admire his work ethic and that's Dave Portnoy. So in honor of transparency and Dave Portnoy, I will share with you some of my returns that I've received. In my one-year return has netted me a 60% return on investment. That has definitely outpaced the market. I definitely have beat the index um, the all the indexes, the NASDAQ, the Dow, when it comes to a one-year return. Let me see if I could bring it up here. So over the course of one year, the S&P 500 had a return of 17.25%. The Dow Jones, 20.55. And some other Bloomberg indexes, including the municipal bond index, they had a 4% return over one year. My personal return, 59.43 to be exact over one year. Over a span of five years, I've had a 21.22% return and over a period of over my lifetime, uh, looks like I'm at 16.20%. So not bad. And again, certainly for those of you who have, for those of you who invested at the start of the pandemic, or at least were more active, you certainly have benefited. Hopefully you did. I mean, uh, actually, maybe not. I mean, there's definitely some people I know that went way too risky on their investments and they either lost some or they just netted even. I tend to have a little bit more approach to find stability as much as possible right now. It's hard to find stability in particular stocks in the stock market, but that's definitely one thing. One of the things that I like to shoot for is, is try to find the trend that will net me stability in a stock so that I can make the investment for a three to six month term. Now, that does get us that does get us into other things that are going on in the stock market today. And that one of the things that has been very popular starting last year in 2020 and continuing this year are SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Company. It's a way for startup companies or maybe even, you know, a startup company could be they were they started up maybe the, over the last two years or maybe over the last eight years. And they just didn't have enough revenue and profit to seek out and, uh, and, and get more VC funding. So rather than going that route, they somehow were able to work with a hedge fund and go through the route of a SPAC and be listed in the stock market. NASDAQ, Dow Jones. S&P or some other index, some other uh, uh, market there. But one of the things, one one particular company that I want to highlight that just made an announcement that they're going to be going public via a SPAC 
is XOS Trucks. XOS Trucks is a company that, let's see, let's read here. XOS is a leading original equipment manufacturer in the $100 billion medium and heavy-duty last-mile commercial electric vehicle market. And they are merging with Next Gen Acquisition Corporation, symbol NGAC. This will take place, I believe it's towards... So this... this um, Merger will take place. It's expected to take place in the second quarter of 2021. So very soon here. XOS Trucks, they've deployed their trucks, their vehicles in the field since 2019. And they have customers, which include UPS, Loomis, Lone Star, and Wiggins. One of the things that XOS does is they create this vehicle platform that is an electric engine and an electric drivetrain. And as opposed to building a car from scratch or building a, a truck from scratch, they're just building that portion of the truck and then using the chassis of the original equipment manufacturers to put on their platform. What's kind of interesting about XOS trucks is they kind of build themselves or, or maybe not even build themselves. They are a fleet as a service provider. I don't know exactly what that means, but I will infer that it's not just a matter of, hey, UPS, here's the platform. Here is the electric vehicle motor, or here's the electric motor, and here's the electric drivetrain. You get all of that, plus you get the software that comes with it to manage your fleet, to track your fleet, all the telematics data that gets produced out of that. You get access to all of that and any maintenance that may arise out of this platform, they will also cover for you. Because the reality is, I don't know how much these cost, but I imagine this is going to cost a pretty penny if they're going to build themselves as a fleet-as-a-service company. That fleet-as-a-service business model does follow the subscription-type format. So as opposed to a company like UPS saying, hey, XOS, we'll cut you a check for you know, one, one of your platforms, we'll cut you a check for $400,000. XOS is probably just spreading that 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 cost out to UPS over a period of whatever it is, 10 years, 15 years. So XOS will be going public at the end or sometime in the second quarter of 2021 through a SPAC through and they will be merging with NextGen Acquisition Corp. NextGen Acquisition Corp is currently trading. They closed out the month. And again, this past week was awful. They closed out the month right at about $11.53. When the announcement hit, which was, oh, about last week, actually, when the announcement hit, there, there was a slight spike in NextGen Acquisition Corp's share price. But again, this past week decimated 
all stocks, including this one. So in one sense, this would be a good time to buy this one right now. However, this gets me to another point about SPACs and what I'm going to label as a SPAC burnout. There have been so many companies and specifically electric vehicle or transportation companies in 2020 that went public via a SPAC. Nikola Trucks, actually, I don't think they came out in 2020. Maybe they did. But Nikola Trucks was one of them. Shot out of the gate. I mean, I think I think it shot as high as $90, maybe even a little over that. And now it's trading right at about 20. Shift, which is the online marketplace for buying used cars, selling used cars, trading in your car. Shift came out via a SPAC. One of my favorite companies, Metromile, came out via SPAC most recently. And there was also there's also an announcement that Lucid Motors, which is going to be producing an electric vehicle, they are a electric vehicle OEM. They're coming out via a SPAC that should close sometime, I believe it's June 2021. Now, upon that announcement of Lucid Motors merging with specifically Churchill Capital Corporation, stock symbol CCIV, apparently that stock did not fare as well on that announcement. That stock dropped fairly heavily about, oh, well, I guess I can't say that maybe it was due to the announcement. Uh, it... They probably were also a victim of what happened this week in this massive sell-off in the stock market. But nonetheless, upon the announcement of Lucid Motors merging with Churchill Capital Corporation via SPAC to go public, Churchill Capital's current share price is $30.75. It started the week, started on February 22nd, which is Monday, which is, I believe, the announcement of Lucid Motors, it started out at $62, and now it's trading at $30. So SPAC burnout, I believe, is a real thing. And I know this firsthand. How do I know this firsthand? Because I got my butt handed to me. XL Fleet. XL Fleet, how dare you? How dare you? XL Fleet went public via SPAC. XL Fleet has actually been around for quite some time. XL Fleet, they kind of similar to actually XOS. And that's why I'm bringing up XL Fleet. XL Fleet produces an electric vehicle motor, an electric motor, an electric drivetrain. They work with your notable, your big Detroit automakers, GM, Ford, Chevy. They take their medium trucks, their medium-sized trucks, you know, and these medium-sized trucks, these are hauling 15, 20,000 pounds. That's, That's kind of the definition right around there. They can basically remove the internal combustion engine And then replace it with the electric motor and electric drivetrain. 
or they can keep parts of the motor and turn it more hybrid and then add in XL fleets, electric motor, electric drivetrain. So in my eyes, I was like, wow, they don't have to, you know, they're not a automaker that has to assemble an entire supply or, you know, an entire assembly line. They don't have to form a global supply chain. They're basically partnering with Ford, GM, Chevy, and taking existing trucks that are out there and just making them more fuel efficient. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. I bought that stock right at about $37. (laughs) Yeah. It's trading now at $14. I'm pissed. Jesus. Ladies, maybe you don't invest. It's it, it's not worthwhile. It's not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that. It is not for the faint of heart. But if, if you're able to invest, I encourage you to still do so. So I was burned with XL Fleet. And I do think that XL Fleet and XOS are competitors of one another. I recently, it wasn't recent, about, God, 2020 is such a blur, is it not? In 2019, I attended an event at a conference called Silicon Dragon, and Dakota Semler, who is the CEO and co-founder of XOS Trucks, was out there, and he spoke at that event, and this is what he said. You know, although we don't manufacture buses or any kind of passenger-carrying transport solutions, What we've seen is our biggest growing customer segment today is e-commerce companies. It's companies that are serving the end user, the end consumer. And as we start to ship toilet paper to our house and ship uh, toothpaste and things that normally uh, were basically point A to point B routes that a passenger or a consumer would do, uh, we begin to implicate the entire freight movement system and start to decongest areas of basically um, prime real estate for other transit systems. So obviously this makes sense on what they do and what they're trying to accomplish and the partnerships that they formed and the analysis of the goods movement and how, especially during the pandemic, it has, the goods movement has definitely accelerated to a model in which your DoorDashes, your Instacarts, your Postmates, all of those, these delivery as a service model has, it's been exacerbated during the, 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 the 2020 pandemic. And so XOS being a solution for that problem makes sense. However, you do have to question at some point how much of a market share that XOS can take over in this space, given that you have major players that do this. UPS is one of them. UPS already has an agreement with XOS. To a certain extent, UPS is not only going to be using XOS. Then you can look at FedEx. You can then look at Amazon in general. Amazon has has taken a stake in Rivian, the electric truck vehicle. And I think they purchased in advance 100,000 of those trucks. 
So while there, while XOS Trucks does state that this is a hundred billion dollar medium and heavy duty space for commercial electric vehicle or for the commercial electric electric vehicle market to capture a small smidgen of that is fine and it's great but how will this fare for their share price i will say this i don't believe it's going to be 60% i don't believe that you're going to get a 60% roi not especially over a one or two year period I had the chance to listen to Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger as they were being interviewed in the buildup to the Berkshire Hathaway annual sales meeting or shareholder meeting. And one of the things that Warren Buffett mentioned was how, you know, of course, right now is a great time to buy companies. You can you can buy parts of a company, that being buying shares in that company, or you can buy the companies outright. But part of his investment strategy is to make these investments for 20 years. Retail investors don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of money. We can't invest for 20 years in some of these companies. Maybe if you do look at XOS over a period of 20 years, yes, you can get a 60% ROI on that investment. But most of us, maybe a year, maybe two, and then we're out. And then we're moving on to the next stock, the next idea. One of the things that has almost amazed me about how Warren Buffett can say, oh, yeah, we take, we make these long-term investment plays 20 years. It's like, how do you, how? 10 years ago, we had the Great Recession. 10 years before that, we had the dot-com burst. 12 years before that, we had the savings and loans crisis. How do you make that long-term investment and, and still profit. I mean, big time, right? Anyhow, I'll be back after this quick word. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options, or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products. All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary. All right, last thing I just want to touch upon is the most recent news that came out on late Friday night that the House, and specifically House Democrats, have passed the $1.9 trillion latest stimulus package. And I'm going to mention just a few things here. We'll use some if-then conditional statements. If every American were the recipient of the total amount of stimulus funds that have come out since the pandemic, starting with the $2.2 trillion CARES Act, 
the $900 billion pandemic relief bill that was that came out in December, and then this pending $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Altogether, we're looking at $5 trillion that has been created out of thin air, money that has been created out of thin air, or i.e. fiat. If we took $5 trillion and divided that by 331 million Americans, each American, including babies, including toddlers, each American would receive If we want to include undocumented illegal immigrants to which I've heard numbers as low as 10 million and as high as 20 million. So let's use the high number, 20 million. If we gave every American and every undocumented immigrant money from these all these stimulus rounds every person in the United States would receive $14,245 $14,245 you could buy a car with $14,245 cars equal freedom cars equal greater income mobility You could pay off bills, medical bills, credit card bills. You can pay your student loan. You can save and you can invest it. If you invested $14,245 over a period of one year, and maybe you get a somewhat modest return, let's call it 30%, you could have made an additional $4,200 last year, or at least over one year. If you have a family of four, my cousin who is divorced has three kids. That's a family of four right there. She could have had $56,980 from all the stimulus funds, $56,980. And she's a teacher. That would have been a great stimulus to that, to her family. If you do look at what the hourly rate of $14,245 would be, considering 80 hours of work in a month, 20 hours per week, that works out to be $13.70. And there's still talks of a minimum wage increase to $15, which I'm going to do another episode on that. But... I'm bringing this up because I think it's something that we all need to think about and maybe we don't have a say right now on influencing that because certainly this is already the house already passed it the senate might hold it up but certainly these are these talks have been going on already and so there's going to be something that'll be done if it's not 1.9 trillion it'll be 1.6 it's something all the numbers that I just shared with you with regards to how much per citizen, it's not going to be affected that much. And just to leave you on more doomsday news, because it's more than appropriate for this month of February, all this money that's 
that has been injected into our economy, $5 trillion that has, that, that has been injected into our economy, also translates that every U.S. citizen, not taxpayer, but citizen, owes the U.S. government, owes U.S. as a country, we each owe $84,683. $84,683. If you are a taxpayer, if you are a taxpayer, you owe $223,441. And if you don't pay that, guess what happens? That just continues to get passed down, passed down. And then we can start talking about modern monetary theory, which one of the tenets of modern monetary theory suggests that the U.S. will never, ever default on any payments that we have to countries that that we've loaned money from. Why? Because we'll continue to simply print money. We need to do a better job and find a better way to practice more economic and fiscal responsibility, accountability. We need to do a better job of uplifting more people out of poverty, out of disadvantaged situations. We should not try to cater to every single person that has some sort of inequity about their life. And that's one of the problems that I do see about what's going on today. You can claim any sort of inequity in your life and get enough people to come together and all of a sudden it's deemed a problem. We need to slow down. A very solemn end to this episode. However, I got some great guests coming up shortly for the month of March, including next week. Be sure, be sure to tune in. Kelly LaFontaine of LaFontaine Automotive Group will be on the show. That will come out in a few days. Tune in, subscribe. If you're liking the show, please do rate and review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wisco Weekly. Have a good rest of the day. Have a great week. Cheers. Cheers.